The following content is not suitable for children. Let's help those sexually frustrated pursuers. Ooh, that would be good. Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. Hey, sign up for our couples retreat on October 1st. Great sex, great love. Just the two of you. More details at the end of this episode. Lori, I was working with a couple this week. Heterosexual. The male was the sexual pursuer. Surprise. Surprise. And he was just talking about his frustrations of, and we know most couples have sexual discrepancy where, you know, the pursuer wants it more than the withdrawer. And, you know, that pursuer is constantly wanting and getting rejected, even when they don't ask. Every time their brain thinks about it and wants it, and maybe now, and how about, and they're making assumptions. And there are lots of rejections that accumulate over time. I want you to say that again, because when I first heard you lecture, I, resonated with this idea that it's not just every time they ask, Mm -hmm. it's every time they think about asking and imagining it's not the right time or they'll get it rejected, that they actually feel something inside that is kind of rejecting. Absolutely. It's the withdrawer might say, wait, we only got rejected twice last month. I wasn't in a mood and they have no idea it was not just in moments of asking. You know, for every one time the pursuer asks, there's probably nine times they want to ask. They have an impulse to act and they just repress it themselves because they're trying to protect themselves from the rejection. Mm-hmm. That is so true. It's almost like they preemptively reject themselves to avoid the rejection of their partner. Right. Because it's it's hard to keep initiating. It is such vulnerability. That's one thing when I am working with a couple, whichever gender is the initiator I try to honor that and say, you know, good for you. Good for you for keeping on going because this part of your relationship is so important. Right. So this couple had agreed to, you know, trying to have sex or some kind of sexual contact twice a week. That's what they were striving for. Nice. And as life would have it, things just get in the way of that. So, you know, they had sex, say, a week ago. Uh, or I think, uh-huh. it was, I think it was two weeks ago. It was probably 10 days. Well, they both said She said it was only six days. He You're said right. it was oh, weeks, right? That so, always happens. Yes, they right. always say that. So, but his point was, listen, you're a smart person. We haven't had sex in a week. You know something's going on with me. You know, those day four, five, six, seven, like his brain is thinking and things are coming up. You know, there are accidents. There's lateness at work. Something happens with the kids. So he understands And he tries not to take it personal, but every day that kind of goes, you know, that that rejection piece gets a little bit stronger, Mm -hmm. you know. So finally, I think it was day eight, she came in to the bedroom and was like, I'm just so exhausted. He's laying in her bedroom thinking tonight's the night, you know, (laughs) she knows tonight's the night because we haven't had it in so long. So he's kind of excited. And just as she says that, he's like, ah. You know, on the inside. Wait, wait, what was that? (laughs) Try not to curse at what he said. Right. Yeah, but total deflation, right? I mean, he's he's thought it's been eight days. He's lying there. And then she comes in and says that, and his heart just sinks. 
Yeah, and I think as EFT therapists, we always want to go to the sinks and the deflation. But, mm-hmm. you know, he goes immediately to the anger because it feels so unfair. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, we, we, ha- we have a partnership and you're not carrying your end of the partnership, you know, mm-hmm. and, and like, how could you not even like, it's okay if you can't, you're not in a mood and you're tired, but how do you not talk about it? How do you, how do you not say, hey, you know, I, I wish we could have sex tonight, but I'm just exhausted. But tomorrow, like all it would take is some communication, but the like zero communication just leaves him like brewing with all of this on the inside. Oh yeah. I hear this story over and over and you're getting it. Yeah. So again, how do we help? I I think the emotion for this pursuer that I had to come alongside and try to help normalize is just the anger and the unfairness. Like it's such a temptation to want to get to you feel rejected and sad and lonely. And yet when they get there, they're fine with each other. But it's that starting off trying to connect with the unfairness where his brain is saying it would take so little effort to help me here and I'm not getting it. You know, and I'm working so hard to last week to regulate myself, to not get critical, to not. And he knows he don't want to be critical. And yet he feels like he's being set up to be critical. Mm-hmm. Right. So, again, I think that's that's what we're trying to help. How do we help him in that place? What can he do? What can his partner do to really show some new moves here? Because how many times have you and I heard this story and it just replicates itself time and time and time again? Mm -hmm. I agree. I want to add to your example a little bit. I was on the Facebook group for EFT and somebody was talking about this situation and somebody brought up, you know, it would be like the emotional withdrawer who Mm -hmm. says, you know, I... I just don't have any need to talk, period. I got to go do my hobbies. You know, it's like I have no need to connect emotionally or review my day. I don't really care about your day. Your day kind of sounds boring. So I'm just not going to talk. And and we know, I think as therapists, how deadly that would be to a relationship. But it's the same exact thing sexually. If your partner knows that you need sex to connect, to feel loved. Like, how is it eight days and somehow or another, it doesn't occur to them at all. It just doesn't occur to them. It's like, how many fights have we had about this? How many times do we have to fight about this? How is it that you say you love me and this doesn't go to the top of your list when I tell you it's the top of my list? We know I'm going to do my balancing thing and we could do a your whole flip side. show. Let's of- hear it. Uh, and the withdrawer and the good reasons why they do it. It's their way of protecting their partner and their way of protecting themselves from those emotions, right? They have a lot of practice. Hey, if I'm going to feel really bad because I'm hurting you and you're going to feel really bad, like, why am I going to bring this up? Let's tomorrow mm-hmm. is a better day. And, mm-hmm. you know, we can get into that. But really, I, I appreciate what you're saying because we need to we need to be able to understand that world of a pursuer mm-hmm. that feels so set up, like that knows so very little effort. They're not asking for 50-50, right? They'll, nope. They're just asking for like 20% from their partner, just kind of engage, you know, and when they can't get that, that's why that, that unfairness button gets hit so quickly in them. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily, they're asking even for sex, it's the acknowledgement and the heart feeling about, you know, I can't be there with you sexually today, but I know that it's really important to you and you were probably waiting for it and hoping for it. I mean, just that alone would make you feel not so left. Well, your partner's engaging. Yep. 
So hey. those, those to me, let's break it down into those two moves. The best move for the pursuer would be to have sex. Right. That's what they're looking for. That's the solution to that. Yes, problem. please. Yes, please. Right. That's that's the goal. But it's not always realistic. Sure. Right. It's OK. The withdrawal is not in the mood. Right. That's totally fine. But then step two would be explaining that you're not in a mood, given some bridge that lets that pursuer know they're not alone, mm-hmm. that you're not just avoiding or, or just not engaging. It's not on your mind. I think that's what's so crazy making for the pursuers. Like, how could this not be on your mind? I'm, I might not sleep tonight. I'm going to be up a couple of hours thinking about this. And you're like, it just slips off your radar screen. We've had this conversation thousands of times. I was with a couple similarly, and his wife is the sexual pursuer. He's the sexual withdrawer. He really likes sex. He really likes her. He's really in, involved with her. I think she's very attractive. He just doesn't get that message across because he's the sexual withdrawer. And a lot of it is his own stuff, fear, fear of performance, all this stuff. But she was sick one night. And so he kind of told himself, well, she's not going to want sex tonight. But they had a great night, a great evening. And then he goes to leave her, you know, to go to bed. And she's like, okay, so I want sex and you don't. That's the message that is being sent. And he's like, whoa, you told me you were sick. I, you know, you know, there's all these things. But I think it's hard for withdrawers to understand it's always on the sexual pursuer's mind. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what they say, no matter what, it, they're thinking about it. Exactly. And if we could help withdrawers take this message that if you can't have sex or you're not in a mood, that's totally okay. But you need to be able to communicate that sex is on your radar screen mm-hmm. because that's the most hurtful part for the pursuer. It's like, how could this be so important to me and it not be on your radar screen? Just bringing it up and saying, hey, I wish I could. I just can't because I'm exhausted. But you know what? Tomorrow night, I'm going to make sure that we carve out some time. You better be ready. I mean, what do you think that would be like for a pursuer to hear? God, that'd be great. It's the rain check that anticipates another time. And saying, I, I get it. You know, I get that you need this and we're going to make it happen, baby. Yeah. And I think to help the withdrawer go to that new move, they need some help just understanding where this anger comes from. Because it is shocking when you're like, it's not on your radar screen. And all of a sudden, this person's like, yeah, good night. And it's like, boom, they're getting hit with this message that they're very sensitive to that they did something wrong they're failing and now their nervous system is is whacked and it's mm-hmm. really hard to be empathetic when your nervous system gets hit so hard so true and then they're back to 20 days yeah <laughs> you know yeah there's nothing like being yelled at to want to have sex right <laughs> yeah and then do you really want to have sex after that oh, either one of you in some ways you know it's yeah. like you know okay let's have and a it, big fight and then do it Exactly. really quick there's <laughs> nothing like that to train both of them for the withdrawal like sex is something you do for your partner and it creates more disconnection mm-hmm. and then at some level the pursuer knows it right you know you're doing sex because i push you to have it not because you want it yourself and here we go again even when they try to repair it reinforces the negative cycle right it's just so exciting too as a sexual pursuer to hear your partner go oh okay 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 we'll just do it then yeah you know I'm getting depressed here, Lori. <laughs> it is a depressing dynamic. And on that listserv or the Facebook page, you know, they were talking about the emotional withdrawal, not wanting anything. And I felt so hopeless. It's funny because I feel so much hope for the sexual withdrawal. You know, I can help them. I know that game. I know that number. 
I know I can get through. I, you know, I have a ton of hope about this. But for the emotional withdrawal piece, it was like, oh, yeah, man, that's a bummer. If they just don't want to talk, what do you do? So, well, let's talk about that. Okay. After break. Okay. So, you know, we've told you about ohmygodyes.com as a great place to learn about female pleasure. They also do research, and you will learn from the sexual discoveries of over 2,000 women ages 18 to 95, and these findings are the largest ever peer-reviewed published research into women's pleasure. You'll explore and find new techniques to feel good. It's for yourself, women. It's for your partners and couples together. You only pay once for lifetime access. It's not a subscription site, which is great. It takes just 10 minutes to learn each technique, and through simple, tasteful, and crystal clear demonstrations and graphics, you'll be able to find the benefits of this research tonight and forever. Foreplay listeners, save 10% at omgyes.com slash foreplay. Frustrating low libido can be, well, frustrating. Sound familiar? Visit addyi.com slash foreplay and complete your online consultation today to see if Addy or Flavanserin is right for you. Addy is for premenopausal women with acquired generalized hypoactive low sexual desire disorder, HSDD, who have not had problems with low sexual desire in the past and who have low sexual desire no matter the type of sexual activity, the situation, or the sexual partner. The low sexual desire is troubling to them and is not due to a medical or mental health problem, problems in the relationship, or medicine or other drug use. Addy is not for use in men or to enhance sexual performance. Your risk of severe low blood pressure and fainting is increased if you drink one to two standard alcoholic drinks close in time to your Addy dose. Wait at least two hours after drinking before taking Addy at bedtime. Your risk of severe low blood pressure and fainting is also increased if you take certain prescriptions, over-the-counter or herbal medications, or have liver problems. Low blood pressure and fainting can happen when you take Addy even if you don't drink alcohol or take other medicines. Sleepiness, sometimes serious, can occur. Common side effects include dizziness, nausea, tiredness, difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep, and dry mouth. See full PI including box warning at addy.com forward slash PI or call 844-PINK-PILL. Visit addyi.com slash foreplay. We at Foreplay are excited about Addy and to help share the love, our listeners can now schedule their Addy consultation for only $10. To see if Addy is right for you, visit addy.com and use the coupon code foreplay at checkout to redeem this offer. That's code foreplay at addyi.com. So we're coming back talking about how to really help this sexual withdrawer meet the needs of their sexual pursuer. And it doesn't mean we're not saying you just have to have sex, but you do have to meet them and understand where your sexual pursuer is coming from. And we want to help you. Yeah, I think this is liberation for the withdrawer. It's just too big of a mountain to climb to go from I'm not in a mood to having sex. It right? is. So we're making that a lot smaller climb by saying, let's just talk about it. Like that is often enough for your pursuing partner to feel like, all right, we're on the same page. It's important to you too, that you're doing your work by bringing it up. I know it's not easy for you to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Right? They've had this conversation many times, mm-hmm. but that's, that's not just helpful for the pursuer. That's liberating for the withdrawer to recognize there's something they can do that avoidance isn't the only possible alternative because that avoidance is such a tempting fruit. Like, it's like, I just don't have to feel anything. I don't have to hurt my partner. I don't have to feel any pressure. But the more they accept that avoidance, you know, they just more they numb themselves out. You know, it intentionally takes their sexuality and puts it offline. And to me, that's the root of the problem with the withdrawal, right? It's it's just they don't have access to it because they, they, they just push it away. You are dead on, I think. 
you know, I was going to go to the part between the two of them, but you're really talking again about the flip side of what happens to the sexual withdrawer when they don't talk about it. It's like, yes, they get to avoid the bad feelings, but they also are avoiding something inside. They're not thinking about their own sexuality. It's just nothing is there. Exactly. And most of them, I I would say 99% of them actually do have sexuality inside. That's my hope. I know that that's there. I know that it's a life force. I know sex feels good to them or it can feel good to them. So it, you're right. They're avoiding all of that. And, and maybe that's what the sexual pursuer can imagine. Like they avoid it because... You know, there's something inside that it's it's better to avoid my sexual feelings than to go there. You know, there's some they're up against something. Right. And unfortunately, every time they avoid what they don't recognize is that avoidance does reinforce something negative about sex. Every time there's a threat, there's, you know, a possible hurt and mm-hmm. they don't face the hurt and they push it aside. Mm-hmm. It's another negative experience around sex. They're creating a, almost a neural pathway that says this is easier and it reinforces that avoidance works, Yep, it works temporarily. It's a short-term solution that reinforces a long-term problem. Mm-hmm. For themselves. And their relationship. Like, I'm, not, I'm not sure what's happening in me sexually. And then obviously for their relationship, we know it just, the avoidance of tension builds tension. Right. <laughs> and we all doesn't do work. this. Right, We all avoid at times. It's just around flexibility. If there are times where you can't avoid, where you can confront it, where you can let your partner in, then you have that secure connection that we're talking about. But for a lot of these sexual withdrawers, those neural pathways get so entrenched that sex does become a chore whenever they have it because mm-hmm. the freedom is in the avoidance. That's true. Right, so this move isn't something, yes, this is a way of protecting the pursuer by just talking about it. But it's really mostly for the withdrawer that says every time you don't want to have sex, that's a problem. Right? There's something happening inside of you. There's some block for good reasons that no one's getting a chance to see or to help you with it. You know, the, the truth is, is oftentimes sexual withdrawers think about sex a lot. They think about, oh, gosh, my partner's going to want it tonight. Almost every day, mm-hmm. they're thinking about it. And then rather than exploring inside, okay, if my partner's going to want it and I don't, what's happening in me to learn that about themselves and figure that out, you know, then we're back in that pattern. But I do think the good news is most of them actually think about it. It's the dread about bringing it up and talking about it that messes up both themselves because that's a confrontation with the self and also the partnership. Right. But I mean, I ask people all the time, how many times do you think about sex positively You know, in a month? How many times do you think about it negatively? And many of them, many of them say, I think about it negatively every day. Like, oh gosh, you know, today my partner's going to want it. Uh, I hope not. I hope they don't ask me. Oh no, oh no, oh no. I mean, all of that is running through their head. That is excellent. I mean, I love that idea of just trying to note how positive and negative your mindset is even thinking about sex. And I think this is what frustrates the pursuers so much. It's like, we know how much the withdrawers think about this, but they never talk about it Mm -hmm. unless the pursuer pushes them to talk about it. And this is what sets the pursuer up for so much hurt. Like you've said, you know, they have to bring it up 
get rejected and they have to then repair it in some way. It's a double burden on the pursuer. So that's where the sexual cycle bleeds into the emotional cycle. Yes. When they get the response, they get rejected sexually. And now to repair that conversation, they have to initiate an emotional conversation around the repair. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's that's just that's a lot of a lot of weight to carry. It is. So maybe we'll do a little role play around this, Lori. What do you think? I think that's good. We could try to figure out how how do we get these withdrawers to just see the opportunity to talk, even if they're not in a mood to have sex, to recognize that they they still have a responsibility to protect their partner. It is on their mind, it's on the pursuer's mind but nobody's going to talk about it. And we don't want the pursuer to have to be the one to bring it up because when they do, it's going to be angry. And then it's already too late for the couple to have a successful conversation. Good. So which one you want to be? <laughs> I'll be the sexual pursuer and you be the sexual withdrawer who does it right. Wow. That's putting pressure on me here. <laughs> okay. So I'm the sexual pursuer. So, so honey, I was thinking about after dinner tonight, maybe we could have some private time, go upstairs, well, let's, leave the kids. Let's, let's, okay, let's, what do you want me to do, G? Yes. I hate it when you do this. I start and then you... Well, you want me to... Tell have me to, what you want me to do and I'll do it. You want me to have to initiate. Okay. Right? If you start initiating, that's what pursuers do all the time. Okay. Okay, tell me so what to do. you're laying in bed with your smile on your face. Okay, I'm laying in bed with... for what? <laughs> okay, so I'm... Let's say I'm lying in bed with a smile on my face with lingerie on, hoping he will notice. Oh, lingerie too. You're up in the ante. Yep. So I'm going to come in triggering you. And then let's see with the silence if we could do it differently. So I, you know, hey, hey, honey, it's been a, you know, a really, I'm just so tired. Mm. You know, I'm laying on the ground doing my sit-ups here and I just could fall asleep right here. I'm just, I'm spent. I, I'm just so, so tired. Sounds like you're tired. And I jump into bed and I give you a kiss. Good night. And I roll over. Bummer. Again. So here's the moment of truth. I'm the withdrawer. What is in my mind? Hey, buddy, if you got enough energy to do sit-ups, you got enough energy for sex is what I'm thinking. (laughs) Well, you're thinking that's perfect. You got a lot of. Negative thoughts spiraling in. I sure do. I'm like, all right, he's doing sit ups. This is good. So, I think the first step for me is trying to be honest with, to not just roll over and go to bed and just not think about it, block it out, right? To give myself, like, I I know it's it's always in the bed, right? How do I just not avoid that and be able to kind of turn to you and say, hey, I'm really wish I wasn't so, so exhausted because, you know, I've been thinking about it and earlier today. I was thinking about having sex tonight and I didn't realize that they would get ahead of us the way it did. So I'm sorry about that, mm-hmm. but you know, it is important to me and I need that too. And I want that. Right. And I want it to be good. And just, I'm so exhausted, you know, we could do it if you want, but you know, I think tomorrow night we could kind of come up here an hour earlier and, you know, really put some energy into this. What do you think? Sounds good. I appreciate that you are talking about it. I know that that's scary sometimes, and I know I get angry, but I'm glad that you've brought it up. I mean, obviously that, you know, I was in the mood, but I just, 
I think when you talk about it, it's better for me than it just being ignored. And I would have felt bad if you hadn't noticed that I was in lingerie and ready for sex. So thank you for saying that. And yeah, okay, tomorrow. And thank you for not getting angry. You know, I know it's hard for you and it's, I wish I wasn't so tired. Okay. Again, I really like that. Good night, baby. Good night, baby. I like that you were able to see that this is hard for me. If ultimately, that withdrawer has to have success if they bring it up. That's right. If they're going to get lectured, Absolutely. if they're going to get told they're doing it wrong, then they, it makes sense why they don't want to have the conversation. Yeah. My new move of being able to initiate this conversation needs to run into your new move of it being successful, of you being affirming of it. If you go to your old move of criticism or giving advice or getting frustrated, that it's just going to tell me this is why I shouldn't bring these things up. This is what makes these conversations hard. We need two simultaneous new moves. That's right. I think that's good. Sexual pursuers, your frustration makes sense. You need a bit of protection. And withdrawers, this is freedom for you to recognize it's okay not to want sex, but it's not okay to not talk about it. That you could learn how to empower yourself to reach out to your partner so your partner doesn't face the frustration alone. Together, you can do this. I love it. Thanks for listening. Keep it hot. Our couples retreat is coming up, and we'd love to invite all of you. It's going to be on October 1st, which is a Friday, and from 10 to 4.30 Eastern Standard Time. We're offering an early bird discount for the first 20 people who fully pay and sign up. And, you know, we're going to do all kinds of cool stuff. We talk about male and female arousal and how to get to the best sex and what the sexual attachment cycle is all about and how to resolve problems. And I just want you to know that all the exercises are private. So you're only going to be doing it with your partner. You can ask questions and talk in the group, but it's not necessary. So we welcome participation, but it's never going to be demanded of you. And I I just thought, George, I would read something that people who have gone through this have said to us. Cool. Here's a little bragging. Lori and George are a great team. They invite couples to have conversations about sex and connection in a comfortable and trusting way. The information shared and the activities planned are purposeful and supportive, and the day flows nicely. The hosts are professional. Couples will leave thinking about their partners and their own styles and desires more deeply. It's nice to carve out time for this important work and worth the effort. Thank you for this offering. Very, very cool, Lori. I mean, that's that's our promise that if you devote some space intentionally to talk about topics most of us don't get help talking about you're going to leave the day in better shape than you came in i think that's a great investment of time we'd love to have you sign up it's on our website foreplayradiosextherapy.com and it's under the resource section Lori, really excited about the success and vulnerability project we are really pushing the leading edges of therapy and breaking down the process and in moment, session by session, choice points. Why does this work? What intervention are you using? If it works, what do you do next? I mean, this is the next level for a therapist. If you want to up your game, you want to see real clinical examples, you want to break down the process, you want demonstrations, you want teaching. I mean, it's all there. Really exciting, good stuff. It is. I love it. I listen to the new modules repeatedly. It's great information. I'm learning, you know, still in the process and it is good. I love what you guys do teaching and the demonstrations. They're fun. They're funny and they're really helpful to my work. So this is training for therapists. If you'd like this training, go to successinvulnerability.com. It's all one word, successinvulnerability.com. 
Call in your questions to the 4Play Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media.